Welcome back to another episode, another season of In Enemy Territory Podcast. We're back. Today we're going to be talking about 9-11, September 11th. Um, my experience on the day back in 2001, I was in fourth grade. And um, all of a sudden I hear over the loudspeaker, Miller boys, your mom's here to pick you up. Please come to the front. Um, we didn't have any doctor's appointments scheduled or anything like that. So it was kind of strange, but obviously, you know, we went, my mom picked us up, didn't really say what was going on until we got home. She just said it was an emergency and we, we, uh, she brought us home. We didn't have a T we didn't have a TV at the time. So anytime we needed to watch live TV or we wanted to watch live TV, it would go to our neighbors and we all went down to the basement and we watched it was about 10 o'clock in the morning or so and we watched the you know just like the rest of america um what we what we were all watching on the east coast and what everyone in the west coast was waking up to um you know the footage of new york city the plane crashes and we were just gripped with horror i remember my brothers and i were we like peeked our head out the front door to look up into the sky to see if maybe there was an airplane flying over our house that was about to drop a bomb. We were just obviously terrified. Uh, the whole country was, you know, we lost our minds. We didn't know what was going on. Took days to really figure out what had happened. Um, just, you know, a terrible day, a day you can never forget. And... You know, really, September 11th, 9-11, really wrecked our country in a way. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. It took away our sense of of just innate security. You know, when you go to the airports before September 11th, there was obviously security, but it wasn't the assumption that something could go wrong at any minute. And it was more so just make sure to weed out anything that was fishy. And now it's so... You know, we're in hyper-focused mode to be making sure that nothing is coming in that shouldn't be or nothing's leaving that shouldn't be, whatever it is, you know, which is great. Keep everyone safe. I'm always, you know, when I see uh, TSA workers going out of their way, even if, you know, it didn't really seem like there was something to be checking for, but, I, you know, I never get upset if they do an extra pat down or whatever because they're, you know, they're trying to keep us safe and alive and, and the next tragedy from happening. So how could you be upset anyway? Um, but it really opened up our eyes to, you know, the fact that terrorism exists and it's not just something that's going on in the Middle East or in, you know, in France or wherever it might be, but it's something that very much happens in our country. And, you know, there have been several cases of terrorism basically every year since that have been publicly you know sensationalized and have happened in pittsburgh or in boston or wherever it may be um and honestly a lot of what happened then makes me now now with covid happening it really is bringing back an element of of what i felt back then to our life today and what i'm saying is basically um COVID has really taken away our baseline of, of security, of our feeling safe, of our day-to-day -day life, just having a regular, 
get up, go to work, do your thing. You don't have to worry. You didn't have to worry about talking to someone with a mask or you might be infecting someone here or there, washing your hands, desanitizing, whatever it is. And and just the li- life, how we knew it back in March and before that is just different. And, and it'll be affected for many, many years. And that brings me to talk about how you know thanks god for for sports you know sports it gives us something to to think about that it gives us something to root for and to cheer and feel happy and excited and and feel normal and we could just you know even if it's just for three periods or four quarters or nine innings whatever it is it's it gives us that sense of normalcy that the world's still spinning round and and that good things still are happening. And just just like back then when the terrorist attacks happened in New York almost 20 years ago, when sports resumed a few weeks later, it was it just felt like it was time to move on and, and, and go forward with, with the new light with the new way of life. And and much like sports just returned um, over the summer during COVID, since that has happened, it really not that the pandemic has really eased up at all, but it that was a big moment for me. And I know for a lot of people that when sports resumed, especially because the way that it really felt like it, um, it went down was when sports canceled their seasons, that's when everyone opened their eyes and it was like, whoa, wait, this is, this is a real virus. You know what I'm saying? So when sports shut down, we took it seriously and we realized, okay, this thing is real and we've got to deal with it. And when sports came back, it was like, okay, we're dealing with it. There's a way to deal with it. And even though it's not gone, this is our new reality and it can be done. So sports sports makes the world go around. I really believe that. And I just wanted to point out one thing before we get on with the episode and that I obviously have the name of the podcast as in enemy territory. Um, I just wanted to say, obviously, enemy is used very loosely here. And obviously, I don't feel any animosity towards anyone in Philly, any of the team players, the fans, the city. Um, The word enemy really is something that would describe a terrorist or someone who has ill wishes for 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 anyone else and i obviously don't wish anyone ill in philly or anywhere else in the country or anywhere and it's just more of a a term used for opponent in this case i know it's probably obvious but i just wanted to clarify uh that being said here's some things that happened on this the most notable day on the calendar september 11th these are some things that happened before and after on that very day. Go back to 1985. Pete Rose breaks Ty Cobb's hit record. Um, 1928 was Ty Cobb's last season that he played. He actually appeared on this day on September 11th, 1928, as his last game of all time. Uh, fast forward 57 years, Pete Rose... Um, he played 19 years for the Cincinnati Reds, 
not all of them in a row. He was he was with the Phillies for a stint and uh, Montreal Expos for a little bit, and then he went back to Cincy. Pete Rose, the all-time MLB hits leader, passes Ty Cobb on September 11th to become the all-time hit leader. He passed him that day. Um, with this 4,256th hit, he would collect about 100 more. And, and yeah, that was exactly 57 years to the day. Both those events happened on September 11th. Fast forward to 2003, Barry Bonds. He became the first player in MLB history to get walked 200 times in one season. That was back when Bonds was hitting 60, 70 homers a year, and he was earning himself many, many an intentional walk, including notably he was once intentionally walked with the bases loaded just to not give him a chance to knock in more than the one run. Um at that time in 03, Bonds was coming into the season. He had already grabbed the previous three MVP awards, and he would go on to win his fourth straight that season. Fast forward to 2009. Um, on this day, in, on September 11th, 09, Derek Jeter would pass Lou Gehrig with a base hit as the Yankees' all-time hit leader, 27-22. Jeter... Um, Past Lou Gehrig, he moved into 63rd all-time on the hits list, and he would go on to finish his fantastic, notable Hall of Fame, unique career as being the captain in New York for 20-plus years. Uh, he would finish 6th all-time on the hits list, 3,465 hits. Go all the way back to 1918. The Red Sox would beat the Chicago Cubs in the World Series. Um, afterwards, they sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. The Red Sox would thereby go on an 86-year drought of winning the World Series, and the Cubs would not win a World Series or even appear in one for 108 years from that World Series. So the both of them went on huge, huge droughts. Um, both of them seemingly cursed the curse of the billy goat the curse of the bambino but both have since been broken with the red sox actually winning four world series since 04 0407 um 13 and and 18 and the the cubs won it in 2016 um but that you know go back 100 years on september 11th the red sox beat the cubs and and that was that. 1951, this is uh, veering off the path of our classic niche of baseball, football, and hockey. This is actually shout-outs to Florence Chadwick. Chadwick. She becomes the first woman to swim the English Channel from England to France. It took 16 hours and 19 minutes. And I bring this up because... I could barely swim for 20 minutes straight and let alone, you know, feel comfortable to swim in a deep, deep water. I'm honestly, I'm scared of the ocean. I don't, I don't like going in deep enough that my feet can't hit the ground. Sharks terrify me. And just when I stand on the beach and I look over the water, it's just like, there's so much under there. It's like, there's more under there than there is on land. It's just unreal how much, exists underneath the surface of the water and we are so useless in the water so 
it's just really such an amazing feat just to just to read that some woman swam from England to France, especially in, in, in two thirds of a day. It takes me that long to drive to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? So crazy stuff. Birthdays for today. Uh, we've got Ed Reed, a longtime Raven. He, historically, he has the two longest pick sixes in NFL history, 107 and a 106 yarder. Um, he and, and, and Troy Polamalu were kind of like rival safeties, best defensemen in the, in the in the league for many years in the AFC North. We had many many a nice matchup between Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu between the Steelers and Ravens. Birthday today, Jacoby Ellsbury. Uh, he's the first American Indian of Navajo descent to play Major League Baseball. We have Sean Livingston. Happy birthday. Aside from having one of the most gruesome knee injuries ever, which if you have, if you don't have a weak stomach, go to YouTube and look up Sean Livingston injury. Um, he went up for a layup and just, I won't tell you what happens in case you, you don't want to know, but very gruesome injury. He, he recovered from it. Um, late in his career, he ends up going to the Golden State Warriors and in those five years, he made it to the championship five times when they won three of them. So nice way to, to finish off your career. And also on this day, September 11th, Johnny Unitas died. He's known as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He was actually born in Pittsburgh. Played most of his career for the Baltimore Colts. He won a Super Bowl there. He won some championships pre-Super Bowl era. Three MV- three-time MVP. Set some records. And... Many people, when they have the debate, who's the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you know, the classics are Tom Brady, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Joe Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw for winning the the four Super Bowls. But Johnny Unitas always gets brought up in that conversation. He was known as an elite, elite precision passer, great player, and didn't have a super long career, but he did a lot in the time that he played in the NFL. That's it for today. It's nice to be back doing the show again. Thank you so much for tuning back in this season. Next week, we've got a great episode. We're going to be talking a couple historic NFL duos. And, and yeah, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in, like I said. Um, we've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash IET podcast. As well, you can follow the show on Instagram, at IET podcast. And really excited to be back. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.